It was yeah. never about strategy. Like it just wasn't. And I know there's like a lot of in the coaching world back and forth about da, 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 what is it? But for me, it was always energy because yeah. when the energy is in the right place, I know what to do. When the energy is in the right place, I know what action to take. I don't need people teaching me strategy. I needed to clean out what was happening inside. And that's how I wanted my success to be. I wanted it to be because of my communion with God and the universe. I didn't want it to be because of what I was doing. That didn't make sense. That's not freedom. That's another form of enslavement to me. Welcome to the Joyous Path to Millions podcast with me, your host, Emily June Wilcox, serial entrepreneur, seven-figure business owner, mindset junkie, creator of the Money Wound Medicine program, devoted mama of two, and lover of coffee and crystals. My mission is to put more money in the hands of soulpreneurs through healing money wounds, building abundant businesses, and balancing masculine and feminine energy. When we do this, we collectively up-level the frequency of the planet and help usher in new paradigm wealth. Each week, a new episode will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and guest interviews where we'll dive into honest money conversations and the behind-the-scenes truth of building our aligned fempires. We all deserve a healthy, empowered relationship with money so we can experience more freedom, pleasure, and joy on our joyous path to millions. So get ready and let's dive in. Sometimes life just gives you beautiful full circle moments where you actually get to really experience the impact of your work. And if you're in my kind of work, it doesn't happen all the time. Even though I interact with clients every day, I'm getting real-time feedback on my coaching every day. There are bigger moments where I get to experience the ripple effect of my work that really take me by surprise. And that happens in today's interview. So before we dive in, hello and welcome to the Joyous Path to Millions podcast with me, your host, Emily June Wilcox. I'm a serial entrepreneur, a seven-figure business owner, a mindset junkie, a mama of two, a creator of the Money Wound Medicine program and a lover of coffee and crystals. My mission is to put more money in the hands of soulpreneurs through healing money wounds, through building abundant businesses, balancing masculine and feminine energy. And when we do this, we collectively up-level the planet and help usher in new paradigm wealth. And I am so here for that. Now, I got to interview the gorgeous Nikki Ananda today. Nikki is really incredible. She guides women through embodying their feminine power and radiance. She does this in coaching, mentorship, ceremony, and sacred temple arts. She is just a multifaceted, incredible human. She serves as an integrative embodiment coach, a somatic and sacred sexuality practitioner, and a spiritual and psychedelic integration specialist, as well as a mentor for new paradigm leaders. And you will hear through her story, just her deep embodiment of the spiritual practice and the way that she regulates her nervous system around wealth and the work that she does. And just you get to see her heart in all of this. And lucky for me, she's also gone through the Money Wound Medicine program and had so many deeply profound shifts and changes in that program. And she publicly celebrated a money milestone for the first time on this podcast as well. 
So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode. Nikki, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. Okay, so this is literally a manifestation for me. And it's such a big deal. Like, yeah. All right. Let me just like breathe into this for a moment because I originally like dreamt of being in this conversation with you in February of 2022, maybe March, maybe April. And this was when I was literally stranded on the islands of Hawaii. It's a whole journey, but your podcast was one of the only things I was listening to. And I'm not a podcast person. Like that's not my thing. And it was really when I got started onto this work of like healing money wounds and your voice and the people that you had on your podcast were just honest, like really honest. And it was one of the most healing medicines for me to receive when I was in the darkest voids (laughs) of my entrepreneurial growth. And I was like, I am going to be on this podcast someday. What would that look like? Who would I be to be the person that is on this podcast? And the fact that it's only been like a year and a half and I'm here with you now is like, it's a massive, massive celebration. And there's a lot of celebrations that I'm really excited that I get to bring into this conversation. And yeah, I think it's going to be really magical. I'm I'm really excited for this. Oh my gosh. I am obsessed with that. I love it so much. Like, first of all, just to hear that feedback, like I think anytime we get a chance to experience the effects of our work, it's so powerful because usually we don't. And I actually think that's a cool thing too, is that we love our work so much and it's probably impacting like a thousand fold more than we even know. But there's something so special, like when that feedback loop closes and you get to hear it. And I love the question that you ask yourself, like, who would I need to be to be on the show? And like, what would I be celebrating? Because that's such a fun way to dream into any manifestation. But particularly if you think about a podcast interview, like, what am I going to be talking about? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What stories am I going to be sharing? And it's interesting because you and I had this scheduled, what, like a month ago? And then we had to push because you were sick. You said you're still, you're still like just recovering. And I just got back from Hawaii last night. So. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So maybe Pele and all the Hawaiian goddesses needed to work their magic on me first before we could have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I want to name too. It's like the seed was planted for this conversation even before that. And then when the second ping came around and you were like, Hey, I know I mentioned this, but like, let's book something. There was something that lit up in me that month. I was like, all right, if I'm going to go on this, then I, I want to kick up a gear. And then I had my highest revenue month after I booked with you. Then I think, oh, so even before that, it was the conversation I ended up celebrating with you. Like I did my numbers and I had my highest within 12 months and it was $80,000 within 12 months and high profit. So then when I had to postpone it, I was like, I want to make sure I'm at 80,000 for the year. And Mm. I just crossed with November with yesterday, 80,000 for the year. So I'm like, it's so magical. Like it's so perfect how all of these pieces come in it's like i'm really honored to be here in all of the ways oh my gosh and eight is the number of abundance Mm -hmm. and 
It's so fun. Yeah. So you guys like Nikki messaged me privately and shared a financial celebration. When you guys do that, it's so fun. I feel so honored that Mm -hmm. I can like hold the space for that. And that this show has facilitated those conversations because it's interesting, like depending on which bubble, which echo chamber you're tuned into, you may not hear anyone talk about money. Or if you're plugged into a lot of like feminine energy empowerment coaches, it can feel like numbers are getting thrown around all the time, but that it lacks the authenticity and story and the true context. Not always, but sometimes like there's almost this, I don't know, like numbing out that happens where you forget what these numbers actually mean, or you question whether they're true because we've seen all of that kind of stuff. So I just like love being that safe space where you're like, these are my numbers and I'm so excited. And the journey that I've taken myself through to get there, like, hell yes. Mm -hmm. And in a way, I also love that it's not six figures yet because like, that's going to happen. Yeah. That's Uh inevitable. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we make these certain milestones mean something and then don't let ourselves celebrate the really important lead ups to the quote unquote big milestone. And it's like, well, who's to say that a hundred thousand is more meaningful than 80,000. It's just neutral. So it's really up to us, whether we decide one is more meaningful than the other. Yeah. One of the things that drew me to you automatically was your languaging around money wounds. And I know we speak a similar language, but through obviously different channels, different embodiments of this work. But for me, it's just the way that I've grown up through life and the way that I've moved through life, it is through a mystic and shamanic viewpoint. And that's how I see everything. That's how I've lived. It hasn't been, I wasn't one of those people that would come into entrepreneurship and skyrocket. Like I came in and I was confronted with five years of ancestral and personal woundings that took time to actually uncover like deep, deep devotional work. So I saw a lot in some of the communities that we share of people having really quick results and me just knowing in my body like that's my path is different. My path is very, very different. And I want to be a voice because I know I'm not the only one that has a path like this. I know that there's a lot of healers on the spiritual path that we're here to actually do the deep cellular ancestral clearing work. And it takes time. And there's so much honor in the perseverance of that journey. Like what 10K means to me, I could see that being the same weight that 500K a month means to another person. I can feel that. I can feel that. And I also feel that from, because now I've had two five-figure months in a row, which has never happened as of yesterday. My highest revenue month was this last month. So even since we booked it, I've had higher and higher revenue months. So there's as there's a stability in what's happening. I trust it. I trust it because I built it over time in a way that honored my body, my nervous system. I didn't push myself to produce when I wasn't feeling creative. It was staying in the flow of what was alive. And I I wrote a post about this today in a group that we share. And there's a trade-off because the trade-off to not pushing all of these edges all the time is is time. But it was always in divine timing. And there's something about this path that for me, for my nervous system, for what I need to feel safe and secure and trust and stay in my soul service, it needed to take time. I needed to have five years of looking back to be like, 
oh, this has always been growing and now I can handle the really big quantum shifts and what's going to happen. But yeah. what $10,000 a month meant to me, and it's 12,000, 12,000 is my number. Like it was never about 10,000. It was the $12,000 yeah. months. But what that represented was that I can be here in my soul's fulfillment. Life isn't meant to be suffering and everything's going to be provided for me so long as I'm providing for myself and the people in my life. And mm -hmm. All of the work I had to do to clear like the unworthiness bullshit, all of the beliefs that you can't trade money for spiritual gifts, like really insidious stuff that's been in the atmosphere that I've been breathing, all of that just to come to six figures a year, five figures a month. But after that, it's like, that's it. Like that was my big, big, big hurdle. I know that's like the biggest part of like the muscles coming in. Not that there's not going to be exponential challenges coming forward, but I know this was like the root, like the real, real root mm. of all of it. Mm. Yeah, I'm excited to to dig into those things and for you to share like what some of the healing work was that you did. But I, I just want to emphasize what you said as far as like, this was the hardest part. I really believe that that is always true in business. And even when I was doing product-based work and I would talk to product-based business owners and it was like, look, Getting from zero to 10K or 20K a month on Amazon is going to be far harder than taking you from 20K to 100K and 100K to 200K. Like it just is because we got to build that momentum. This is your messaging landing. You don't have enough five-star reviews, like all of these things. And in, in, in a service-based business, it's, there are different things that you need but it, the premise is still true. Right. <laughs> like you're building your audience, you're finding your voice, you're clearing out those really scary things that are keeping you small and safe and keeping you from being seen by the person you really want to be seen by and saying the thing that you really wanted to say and all of that. And it's like who you have to become to be a match for five figure months and a six figure year it's like that takes you so much further beyond that. And there's such deep transformation that happens in those quote unquote early stages. Yeah. So was worthiness like the big, big mm -hmm. one for you? You know, it's really interesting because it's like, I think worthiness is just the common language for mm. some, some energy. Cause it's like, what is worthiness? Like what, what is that? Cause it's never about worthiness in general. Right. Cause it's right. like, we're just inherently worthy. So like, what, what is it? Yeah. I would say that the deepest fear or limiting belief, and it goes really deep, was that I was not capable of caring for myself. Mm -hmm. And the way that I see this, the way that I've kind of traced it back, I was adopted when I was an infant. And when my biological mother was pregnant, it was the tear of like, I love this child. Oh my God, this is too much all of that energy back and forth. I'm not going to keep her. She didn't even hold me when I was born because it was too much. Mm -hmm. So I was adopted when I was an infant and my mother who raised me, who could never have children on her own, took me in and was like, you're mine. I'm not going to do anything to let you out of my control. Mm -hmm. So I had these two and I'm a Gemini in all of the ways. So my whole life is about extreme duality. So I had these two extreme experiences at an early age that even though like as a teenager, I was radically rebellious, like really, I was sneaking out at 12 years old. I didn't sleep like I needed my freedom. So I would sneak out at 10 a.m. and come back at 4 a.m. and then go to school the next day. Like I, that was my way of getting my freedom. It worked yeah. until it didn't work anymore. Yeah, it was wild. 
And then eventually, like all of those beliefs of like, I had some trauma come in at that time, I was putting myself in some risky position. So naturally, that would happen. And in the trauma space, a belief slipped in like, oh, all these people were right, I can't handle life on my own, I can't do what I want to do. So it's sneaky, like these little things are so, so, so sneaky. So I started to believe that. And I worked from a young age, I worked at like nine years old at like a horse bar and shoveling stalls and then my mom's friend's restaurant, always physical work for little money. So I worked a lot of hours to have freedom. So that was also installed at a young age. So I had all of these beliefs around, I need to work hard. I need to sacrifice my health, my wellness, my vitality in order to have freedom. So to start to unpack those and come into this place of like, I get to do what my soul's here to do. It gets to be easy. It gets to be spacious. I get to be free. And that's like the worthiness, right? It's like, I'm worthy to be alive. Like I'm worthy to be sovereign. I'm worthy to not be imprisoned by the powers that be and all of the ways that they're controlling and enslaving the human race, which is how I perceive things. So like all of these little insidious ways of just coming back into my sovereignty, which I really do believe started in utero. It really started in utero for me. Yeah, which probably means like it started even lifetimes before that because your soul came in this time and was like, oh, this is the perfect setup for you to work through this. Like, yep, you're going to come through with a mom who's not yet ready. And yeah, the the whole nine yards, which honestly, that's like the zooming out that helps me around the money work too. It's like anytime I feel like I'm behind, like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Oh, that's cute. In these like 38 years on earth, I've decided that someone's 10 years ahead of me. It's like, what if they've been working on this for like an extra 600 lifetimes? Maybe I'm actually 600 lifetimes ahead of them. Uh But in this one, I feel 10 years behind. It's like the time doesn't even exist anyway. But with the constructs that we understand, if we pretend like lifetimes are linear and sequential, it's like, we don't even know. Someone who seems like they cracked the code so fast and just skyrocketed, they might have been working on that way, way, way longer Mm -hmm. in order to get that result. And so I know as you were talking about ancestral stuff, it just made me think like, yeah, it's so cute that we think that it all has to do with this one lifetime. So tell me, like, how did that play out in your money story? Mm. Were you not earning it? Were you earning it and then sabotaging? What did it look like? Okay. So where's a good place to start with this? All right. I want to like give like kind of an abridged version into how I even came into entrepreneurship, but like super short, even though the journey is obviously very massive. (laughs) So I had my first spiritual awakenings when I was 17, super young, still in high school, like the internet really wasn't a big thing. So there wasn't a lot of, there was no echo chamber. I was just like on my own and I was on my own on a big mission. Seven years later, got extremely disillusioned, had some traumas come in, like spiritual traumas, which is a whole different level of like, we'll say like bottom. Cause all of this belief I had in my awakened energy, which I think a lot of these newer entrepreneurs haven't faced that like disillusionment and spirituality yet. Like, I think I have, I'm ahead in that sense. You know what I mean? If time isn't linear, it's just an experience that I don't see a lot of people having been through yet is that first wave of like spiritual awakenings. And then, oh my God, wait, it's not all 
what it seemed to be. So that came in. And then from that point forward, I went on a really devoted path and embodiment because the reason that all the traumas came in was because I was not embodied. I was having awakenings. They were in my mind, but I was not integrative in my embodiment. So that became my path of service, integrative embodiment coaching is how do we take all of this energy and regulate it in the nervous system in a way that our whole bodies are operating as these divine instruments here to fulfill our soul's mission. That became my mission was to learn how to integrate all this into embodiment. I was in school for social work because I knew I was here to be in service. Social work was giving me $12 an hour to have like whatever. It's a, it's the systems. So I couldn't do it. So I decided that, okay, to be the best humanitarian I can be would be to go into corporate and have a higher salary so I can have a higher quality of life and be in service in another way. And then that worked until it didn't work until like I was never meant to be in an office. Like realistically, it was a joke. All my coworkers thought it was like, it, it was not, it just did not work. <laughs> it did not fit. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm a manifester. It's just like not a good vibe. Five, one, two. So yeah. So eventually the universe gave me like the push, like really gave me a solid push to go out into the world and to do my work. So I did. I left corporate in 2017 started my business. And one of the things I respect that I did it this way, and I know a lot of people teach the opposite, but I was over ready. I was over prepared. I was ripened by the time I came into service and clients came to me before I even had an offer. And I needed that. Like I, I was so, my self-belief was so low. Like I didn't believe I could provide for myself. I didn't believe I could care for myself. I was waiting for a man to save me always subconsciously. That's its own thing. I never thought it would be possible for me to sustain my lifestyle in a way that was freedom, sovereign, like all these love driven. So going through this process of coming into entrepreneurship, one of the things that I did was I picked up a side gig working with a man with autism for a couple of days a week. And it was like no money, but it was enough that like it felt stable. Like there was something there that felt like I can breathe no matter what, like there's this resource. So yeah. I was doing that until my business, of course, was like taking off more and more. My rates were very low because I was still very much in the belief that healing needs to be accessible to everyone. Da, 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 da. So I had a lot of clients, not a lot of time. But then it got to this place of, oh, I can let go of this man that I've been caring for. As soon as I did that, all of the clients in my reality started to disappear because that was my stability. That mm -hmm. was my security. So this was ironically, so this is when really the coaching industry took it up a notch, but I didn't know this world existed because I, I was very introverted. I was very, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to find my own way. I want nothing to do with business because all I knew about business was old paradigm business. I didn't know this world of energetic, spiritual, feminine entrepreneurs existed. I didn't know anyone was doing what I was intuitively doing. And yeah. I did it until I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it worked until it, it couldn't anymore. So yeah, like right around 2020, when the pandemic hit and all of that, there was a few things that happened all at once as life does. My cat suddenly passed. I found my biological mother miraculously, and then the world shut down. So at that point, after my cat passed specifically, I had my dream apartment in Boston, like gorgeous, like white brick wall. You could see the whole skyline, like the dream. But now with my cat no longer with me, I had the ability to be free and travel and do the nomad thing. So I got rid of my apartment and I started journeying around and took advantage of that. So I didn't necessarily lean into my business when all of these other entrepreneurs and coaches started to lean into their coaching business. 
So that could be a reason why things started to go flat. But realistically, it is because I took away that other job, that security. I was kind of flailing. So I had a few options. One of them, of course, was to bring him back in and try to stabilize myself with that. But it's like, I already did that. Like, I I know I can do that. So that wasn't what I was being called to do. And then it's like, you know, I say it's like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. I found this whole world. Amy Rushworth was the first coach I found. Like someone shared one of her stories. And I knew in my body, like, this is the woman I'm meant to work with. I have no idea what it's going to cost. I'm going to make it happen. It's going to work. I didn't even have a credit card like at all. And I assumed that I'm going to apply for a credit card. They're going to give me $30,000. It's going to be fine. Blah, blah, blah. That did not happen. They gave me $4,000. My work with her was like in the 20,000s, but I knew I was going to make it happen. And I did. I did. So yeah, that was in June of 2021. And things were still like going low. I think I had like, you know, maybe $20,000 in my savings when I started my work with her. And I was living nomadically. So I didn't really have rent. I was staying with different friends. I was going here and there. And then I found Melanie and Lair. I found the Alpha Femme world. And when I first heard Melanie speak, I was like, she gets this on like a really deep soul level. Like she's em- embodied in the energetics because for me, it was energy. It was yeah. never about strategy. Like it just wasn't. And I know there's like a lot of in the coaching world back and forth about da, 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 what is it? But for me, it was always energy. Because yeah. when the energy is in the right place, I know what to do. When yeah. the energy is in the right place, I know what action to take. I don't need people teaching me strategy. I needed to clean out what was happening inside. And that's how I wanted my success to be. I wanted it to be because of my communion with God and the universe. I didn't want it to be because of what I was doing. That didn't make sense. That's not freedom. That's another form of enslavement to me. I dove into the alpha femme world and I immersed myself into like this reality and seeing all of these women doing what I was doing, but with much more success and showing me what was possible. I definitely never been around that many powerful women. I kept myself very safe in my bubble of kind of being the most powerful person in the space all the time. And then I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) like, what is this? world. There's a whole world of people doing this. So the biggest thing that I knew was I was playing safe in the entirety of my life. And at this point, now that I'm all in on my life, on my business, these opportunities started to come towards me. And one of them was an invitation to Hawaii. And one of the things that Melanie had us do in the resolution, revolution, resolution program was a 111 list. And one of the things I wrote right at the top of the list was to go to Hawaii. And I was like, this isn't even, I'm on the East Coast. Like it's it's a long trek to Hawaii from Boston. I was like, this isn't even possible. There's no way, but that's what I want. I'm just going to put it there. And then two weeks later, I got this invitation out and I was like, I can't say no to this. Like I have no like steady income, but I have enough to get myself to this place, blah, blah, blah. So again, long story short, what ended up happening there was I got stranded there for four months, literally, and not stranded, like held there. Like there was a specific training that I was doing that got pushed back one month, two months, three months, four months. Mm -hmm. And there was no point in me coming home. I had already taken out a credit card for this training. I was already there. And that's what Pele wanted. Like I was deep in the womb of Pele there being initiated into How do you feel wealth when you watch your money going down, 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 out into the earth, into these investments? Like, how do you feel safe in what money is, in what wealth is? How do you embody this frequency when the evidence isn't there? And Hawaii is is probably the most magical place to do that because the land is so rich and luscious and alive. Like, all of my needs were provided for. But in that time, 
on those islands, I would wake up in the middle of the night in panic attacks, having these terrors because of all of the fear that was so deep in my body literally needed to be removed. And the only time it would be removed was when I was sleeping because it was the time that I was most relaxed and my subconscious could start purging it. So those four months in Hawaii were a massive shamanic initiation into just shaking out all of the trauma, the limiting beliefs, the lies, the bondage that was not real from my physical body while I was in this epic trust fall and not even, yeah, having no idea how I'd pay my bills, how I would eat. Like, I mean, I was camping. I was camping in the jungle for four months. Like it was, oh my gosh. It was insane, but it was the exact experience that my body needed to feel safe without money while knowing that without needing money, money's going to come. And that's like the trick of all of it, right? It's like, yeah. once we release the need for it, we have more than enough of it. And, and it's whatever that paradox puzzle is. But I knew that and I knew I had to do whatever was in front of me in order to get there. Yeah. So intuitive when I joined that world, though, I knew that October of 2022, I was going to break through. I felt that a year ahead of time. I knew in my body and whether or not I projected that or it really just was divine timing. I just knew. And that's what happened. It happened on track. Like everything just exploded from that month. By December of last year, I had my first $10,000 month. And I was like, oh my God, how did this happen? And then I couldn't really believe it enough to keep holding it. Or I just needed to build muscle more. I wasn't, I never did anything wrong. It's all just timing. And then it all just started to come in and build and the momentum and finding my pulse of like, how does it feel organic and natural for me to build this muscle without ever feeling like I'm going beyond because if I felt like I was stretching. I would always have that imprint of the only reason I did this was because I worked really hard and right. I wanted to make sure I never, ever, ever seeded that belief because I'm not built to work hard. Like that's not, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. There's so much juicy goodness there. So thank you for sharing that, that story and that journey because someone said you can't receive with closed hands. And I love that visual because mm. when we're gripping money, when we're trying to hold on to what we have, our hands are closed. Mm. Right. And it's like, we can't receive with closed hands. So are we willing to open that? Which means that some of what we have may float away, not forever, right. but just because that's what circulation requires is movement and then trust that with the open hands more will come and it's scary our human does not like that yep yeah it's terrifying it's terrifying and one of the things that i see of course in the industry is people saying like you have to spend money to make big money and i don't believe that's true but i did because i was so afraid of debt I was so afraid of debt that I needed to face what it would feel like to let go and trust that much and to hold myself through that. Like that was the momentum I needed. That was the leap that I needed. And I don't think everyone needs that, but it is. It's like I was controlling debt without having any debt. I was choking money that never even existed by avoiding being in debt because I didn't want to go beyond this one line. So once I allowed that line to open up and see there is no such thing as debt because there's there's not, it's just circulation, it's just breathing. And what was really amazing is I'm I'm really proud of the way that I moved every dollar on my credit cards because debt never felt heavy. Debt mm-hmm. felt really light. 
And that's probably one of my biggest celebrations of this year. And one of the things that I shared with you when I reached out a couple months ago is like right now, I was in $40,000 of debt. My debt's under $8,000 in a year, getting all of that down. My expenses are very minimal. My profits over any salary I made in corporate, my profit is more than the salary that I made in corporate. So like these financial wins are like, they're real. It's not just the illusion of the money. It's not like, oh, I made $100,000 and $90,000 of expenses because I had all the coaches and the things and the bells and the whistles. It's like, this is real, sustainable, grounded, secure, safe building momentum nourishment. Like this is nourishment that's in my field. Yeah. One of the things that I love about you and your work is the way that you do embody And then you're a great storyteller. So you're really able to share that on social media and help people to like connect into the story and the feeling of it. And I get the sense that you've been really good at piercing illusions. (laughs) Like, okay, hang on. (laughs) The idea that that's bad, like that's an illusion. So let's Mm -hmm. pierce that. The idea that you have to spend a bunch of money to make money. The idea that... Like, it's like you can notice pretty quickly. And and that's, to me, is it's a sign that you are embodied, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you can run something through your body and notice how it feels, you can catch things more quickly. So it's like when that thought came, like, hmm, maybe let's just push a little harder to make sure that the set the next month after the first 10K month is also 10K. Mm -hmm. For many people, that would just trigger an automatic reaction Mm -hmm. and the the subconscious programming would run. But for you, it was like, hang on, you could catch that. You could catch that feeling in your body, that little bit of like clench and adrenaline hit, like the part of you that wanted to like gear up for the sprint. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a second. Is that the evidence that I want to build? Is that the way that I want to do this? No, like been there, done that. That's why it's familiar to you Mm -hmm. is because you, you have experience, whether in this lifetime and past lifetime of doing it the hustle way, doing it the hard way. And so I love that you're able to like catch those illusions and catch those beliefs pretty quickly and then consciously decide to shift and do something different. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest lesson was just being in an office environment and not owning my time. And But at the exchange, like when I left social work making nothing, I went into corporate as a receptionist, then HR, then an admin. And as a receptionist, I was making more than I was literally saving people's lives. It was really insane. Like it was like really insane. But to one, wake up with an alarm, which I hate, like that was torture to get in my car and drive to this like prison with fluorescent lights like everything about it was like this is not what life is meant to be i can't exist here i can't thrive here but the exchange is the illusion of security the regular paycheck the bonuses like i mean i wasn't even in a sales position in corporate so i had a consistent income coming in and to leave like if i wanted to work hard to have money come in i would have just stayed in that environment So I'm not going to take that into my business. There's no way. There's no way. There's another way (laughs) to do it all. And that was my priority is figuring out no matter how long it took, like no matter, I mean, moving back in with my parents' house is what it took. Like it took whatever it needed to take 
in order to make sure that I was doing this from the depths of my soul and not my mind, not comparing myself, not strategizing, but really being in the initiatory process of being a sovereign being on earth who's in service. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that like another big block or piece that you had to move through was this idea around like monetizing spiritual gifts. So share more about that because this is commonly held. Mm -hmm. And I think even if we were to remove the word spiritual, I see a lot of women that struggle to monetize their gift. Like the thing that they love the most, the thing that is so effortless and magical to them, it feels like, oh, but I couldn't charge for that. Or I couldn't charge these large amounts because it's so easy for me and I love it. Or, and then when you add the spiritual piece on top of it, it's like, it doesn't even feel like mine. It feels like I'm channeling this thing. So what were some of the tools that you used to shift that belief? So what was most important was being around people who affirmed the opposite of everything else that had been affirmed through all timelines and all dimensions (laughs) for lifetimes, right? And I do believe, again, from more of that mystical and shamanic perspective, that there are certain challenges that have been put on certain communities in order to keep them held back and to keep the world in a certain dimension. So this is one of them. I believe that this belief was insidiously placed within the minds and hearts of spiritual and gifted people that are here to heal and upraise the planet. But I don't think it's necessarily, it's all of the things, because that's one like paradigm is this is a challenge. This is an obstacle. This is here to imprison people. The other side of it is this is the rite of passage. If you can break through this, then you get to enter that queendom or kingdom. So there's that, which makes it the exciting. The path of liberation. Yes, it's so good. And like, seriously, though, like the path of entrepreneurship is to me, like the highest level of spiritual initiation that we get to go through because we're stepping into our sovereignty. We're stepping into our queendom, our kingdom. We're stepping into heaven on earth and freedom in all of the ways through this. It's no joke. And if we have eyes to look at it like that, then we're golden. If we're trying to put like all the old paradigm and matrix beliefs in that reality, then it gets sticky. It gets hard to move. So essentially, like tools to help me get there was surrounding myself with people who had installed embodied beliefs that I hadn't accessed yet, most important. And that's like the whole idea of like calibrating to someone, because even though my mind thought something, my heart, body and soul knew that wasn't the truth. And by staying persistent in that, staying persistent, like in the heat of the frequency that I wanted to be in, the breakthroughs just happened. And there was this one moment that was really profound this summer. I was in the garden cutting roses for one of the ceremonial bodywork sessions that I was doing. And there was just this like, shoom, like a a big awakening that kind of came in. And I realized in that moment that no matter what was happening or where on the planet I would be, like where I was, was where I would want to be. There was nothing I would want to be doing more than what I was doing in that moment. I was cutting roses, preparing to like love up on this woman coming to be on my table. Like there was nothing more blissful than that. And it was priceless. Like when I saw that, I was like, this is priceless. There's no money for this. Like it was funny. It was literally funny. So at that point, it's like, so if it's priceless, it's my presence that's of value and my presence could never have a price on it, then it's just choice. Then it's just 
what game am I choosing to play and who am I choosing to play it with? Who wants to meet me at what frequency? And that's that shifted all of the ways that money started to move around because I don't, at one point when I started and I, again, like I'm really proud of the way that I, through integrity, evolved my service because I, especially with the sexuality work, I'm very trauma-informed. I have a background in social work. Like I have a lot of experience for deep trauma and the people I work with now have done most of their deep trauma work. So we have that in the past together and we're claiming more wealth, freedom, thrive, abundance now. So I don't feel bad charging what I charge when it was like $100 a session when I first started because I was meeting people at that level. I'm not playing at that level now. It's just a different different game. It's a different frequency and that's it. Like that's it. Mm. Yes. What you're bringing up is so important because I think we've all had some experiences like this, whether it's an entrepreneurship or not, but it's like there is a fair exchange for charging a little, getting practice, getting reps in, getting testimonials. And there's a person who's an energetic match for that. And that person is someone who's like, great, like wants the discount, is like willing to kind of, I don't love the term guinea pig, but like willing to like do a test run with someone, like willing for it to not be like precise or there to be like a strong process in place. And I've been that person, like I've been on both ends of that. And I felt like it was such a fair energetic exchange. And I noticed that in a lot of things now, it's like, I'm not willing to do that. I would rather pay more and get the person who is already an expert, who it is not their first rodeo. They've been there, done that. They've seen it all. Like they can just hold their container or their service like so solidly. And there's a different price attached to that. And it also feels like a fair energetic exchange. And it's like, Both of these and everything in between gets to exist and it gets to be perfect. Like there's nothing wrong with charging low rates at any point in time. It's just a different exchange. That's all. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. I think that's really interesting because I had, so like back to that belief of like not exchanging gifts. So I found like women's gatherings in my early twenties and my, like the, the gatherings, the community that I have out here is very alive and rich with elders, which is very rare. Like I've learned that that's rare. So to be surrounded by these women who have so much wisdom, who carry lineage, but the shadow is they carry the hierarchy of the old paradigm ways. Like that's just what comes with that. So they would be the type that would say, you can't charge more than me. And I'm not going to charge a lot because this needs to be accessible with everyone. So there's even a community stigma that was really present. So I personally, for a few reasons, had to like step away from all of that. And that was really when I came also, or I guess a little bit later was when I found like the alpha femme world and leaned into that, which was a whole different vibration of spiritual women and their gifts, charging money, exchanging money, playing the game with money, because that's all it is. Like it's, that's all it is. And it was a totally different paradigm that always felt more true to me to be in that world. So what I needed to do was really, so this is kind of funny. When I was living in Boston, obviously my living expenses were like 
high. So I upped my rates when I was like mid program with a few people. I think I went from maybe it was like 150 or 200 a session. I was doing it session by session, even though we had three month packages to 300. It was significant. Like it felt like a big jump. And the people Mm -hmm. that were in my containers had no problem doing that. They were like, of course, like we get it, blah, blah, blah. Then when I moved out of Boston and started to do the nomadic thing, I felt guilty holding that rate because now my cost of living wasn't high. Mm. So I brought them down, which was just like, whatever, ridiculous. So I had to go through that whole calibration portal of really finding the numbers that were true for me. And it took time. And in that time too, was like the void of holding that space and clearing the old frequencies until the people that were meant to meet me in the new energy showed up. But I felt like, like I said before, it was like, I kind of go, I'm over-prepared and really ripe when I do these things, like when I make moves. And I like that, like that feels good for my nervous system. It's just how I'm built. It's it's how I want to move. But with that, that also meant that I had to make a pretty radical jump in my prices to be where I was like in integrity with like, where am I in service and who are the people that are going to meet me there? So it took time for the new people to come into my world. It took probably about six months before I had someone really tap into that price point. And I love where my rates are right now. Like I smoothed the edges because I would do things with like X amount of ceremonies. If you join six months or this month that I had, like, it was kind of messy, but in a way, because it made me feel like bells and whistles, it felt good. And now I'm like, no, it's this much, this much of this much, super simple super easeful. I didn't even want to do automatic payments because I didn't want like Stripe fees. Like I was very, Mm. I wanted to Venmo, like I wanted to do it all that way. So now it's like everything's super streamlined, everything's super easy. So now people are coming in very streamlined, very easy to match that frequency. I love that. And it, it truly is all energetics. And it is a game and you get to make up the rules and you get to play it however you want. And we even play games with ourselves in order to calibrate to different pricing. Like saying 5K a month for something might feel like, but somehow if you can be like, well, it's 15K for three months, like sometimes that feels oddly better (laughs) and you can get yourself to say that. And then once you get that, then it's like, okay, well, that's just 5K a month. And then Mm -hmm. your nervous system gets used to it. But it's like allowing it to be a game. And I think the shadow side of that is like, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. I need to heal something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, there's a time for healing. And there's a time to just be like, okay, yeah. how, do I, how do I play with this? How do I get curious and have fun with it until I find a way that works for me? And then once you find that way that works, then you wanting to get even cleaner with it and have it be even more fun and like tidied up and like, okay, this is the way and I'm not even going to pay these fees and here's how you pay me. And it's like, and in that energy of certainty, your clients feel really certain with it too. They're like, great, this is how I work with Nikki and it's, and it's done and it feels like an easy yes. It really is. It's like the tumbling, the gemstone, right? It's like yes. you have the raw stone, you know what you're doing. It's always the same stone, but the tumbling process of like, just keep refining, keep smoothing it out forever, yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's like, I, I love that analogy because when you look at what actually polishes gemstones, it's like, it's other pieces of rock 
like knocking against it to make it smooth. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it really does feel like that in entrepreneurship. We're like, shit, okay, I'm really getting polished right now. (laughs) But it can feel difficult to enjoy when, when all those hard edges are getting knocked around. So before we wrap this conversation, I'd love to hear like where you're going or if there's like an edge that you're meeting yourself at with your business wealth, with the bringing the mysticism and the shamanic path into your journey and the game with money. What I've been doing this entire time has been really honoring what's alive in my creative process. And there's been a lot of moves that I had to make that were super uncomfortable. And I didn't feel like overprepared for like opening my Facebook group, but I had this program that I've been working on. It's like my entire, like the start of my business was all working with cyclical alchemy and conscious menstruation work. Like I had one-on-one clients from that alone, a thriving business with that alone. And it became so much a part of who I was, but I never created like a group program for that. Like I, my work has been primarily one-on-one. I love the deep. I love the intimate. Like that's that's where I thrive. And I'll always, I'll always want that. I'll always prefer that. But, and I understand the accessibility because I do believe as much as like, yes, we can charge whatever we want for our spiritual gifts. We do have to give back generously in all of the ways. And so if I want to be continuing to increase my rates, I need to be giving back to people generously in my community that may not be playing that same money game that I'm playing. So I don't want to leave anyone behind. And I hear, like, as I say these words, one of my spiritual teachers, Ava Lucia Kamara, would always say, no one gets left behind. And I have this vision, I just want to share this, in like fire ceremony where she'd be going around with her staff, marking, you know, energetically gritting where we'd be having ceremony and she'd be praying to all the little ants saying, no one gets left behind, no one gets left behind. So I have that vision because so much of my spiritual community has all of the money wounds. Like it's so, it's so there. And I don't want it to feel like I'm beyond all that because it's all within me and I'm expanding to hold so much more. So how can I keep giving back to these places where that, that wealth frequency hasn't hit yet? So giving that program, Conscious Menstruation and Cyclical Alchemy out to the world for free was like, a massive, it was such an honor. Like it was such a celebration to do that. And that was the month that I had my highest revenue month ever. It was when I hit over the 12,000 was when I gave that program out for free. Mm-hmm. So there's something to this, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's all there. All of reciprocity. So yeah, like that, that was a big edge opening that group. What I've been doing this year has been doing 365 days of Facebook lives because I was so hidden. I didn't want to show up. I didn't, I, yeah, there was a lot of entitlement. Like I want people to just find me. I'm, I don't want my presence to be loud online. This was a massive challenge, especially because this year I've been, I've had the most unbelievable health challenges that I've ever had. And like, even right now having respiratory issues, like being on talking to you right now after being in bed for three days is like a miracle. And it's it's wild, like what I've shown myself that I can do this year. So there was that edge that I really met. And when this 365 days of Facebook Live closes on December 31st, I want to put a lot of my energy into this Facebook group that I've created, the Diamond Light Temple, to be feeding my community in that way. Hmm. So what I realized over the time, I just like looked in some of my programs and I was like, oh my God, I have like a handful now of pre-recorded programs that are so rich and powerful and all different things from sexual healing to 
nervous system regulation, the intimacy template clear, reset program, clearing all old partners. Like there was just all of this stuff that I'm like, how did this even happen? Like I didn't intentionally create a product suite. It just was there. Yeah. So now what I really, really want to focus on is creating funnels, like super simple, right? But it's like, I have all of these things that I didn't make with the intention of doing that, but now it's the next step. So there's something that just feels so, it's easy. Like it's so easy because it's all just coming by honoring what's alive in my creative process. So I think ultimately, like, that's just it. It's just like staying in integrity, trusting the process, looking at the evidence behind me of like, oh, shit, like, I didn't have to be anything but myself. I didn't have to do anything except for what I was inspired to do. And it's all coming together perfectly, perfectly. That's so beautiful. And I want you to share where people can find you and connect with you because you really have been so present on social media. And, and you've really allowed yourself to be like so vulnerable and so seen. You guys, Nikki is an incredible storyteller and writer. You have to go connect with her on social media and follow her. So tell everyone where you're hanging out online. Yeah. Yeah. So Facebook this year, that's been my thing. So Nikki Ananda, Instagram, the same thing. I think next year I'll probably go back onto Instagram a little bit more. It's a dance to do all of the things. And yeah, my Facebook group, my free temple space, the Diamond Light Temple on Facebook, which has like a money wounds class in there. It has the conscious menstruation, cyclical alchemy, a free introduction to healing through the feminine wounds. And yeah, that that's really going to be the space next year that I see myself investing and cultivating and blossoming and feeding in all of the ways. Hmm. Amazing. So go join the Diamond Light Temple, go follow Nikki, Become send her a Facebook friend request, follow her on Instagram. And Nikki, as a final question on this show, can you share what it looks like to be on your joyous path to millions? That's making me emotional. <laughs> joyous path to millions. God, it really just is that whole process of letting go of all all conditions that consciously, subconsciously have been taken on to be in unbridled, unapologetic, bold, effortless, infinite light of service, of love, of sovereignty, of inspiration, of leadership. Effortless, effortless, effortless. Thank you for that. And as you were sharing the story about clipping those roses too, to me, that was like such an embodiment of the joyous path to millions. Yes, it's this right here, right now, and not wanting to be anywhere else. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. To everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you loved that chat with Nikki as much as I did. Please go give her a follow at Nikki Ananda. Here were my top takeaways. Number one, add positive meaning to everything you do. Number two, ask yourself, who would I need to be? I loved that she asked herself that question. Who would I need to be to be interviewed on this podcast? And then she became that woman and had her own full circle moment with this podcast interview. Number three, presence. And experiencing the eternal now, it's what it's all about. Number four, decide what kind of money game you want to play 
and then go play it and have fun while you're playing it because it truly is just a game. And number five, every step of the way, build your business the way that you want to build it. Make sure that you're operating in a way that you're stacking evidence so that when you look back on your success, you understand that it came through your joy, your passion, your creation, through doing what you love, rather than through hustle and grind and self-sacrifice and those old paradigm ways of doing things. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. And if you've been enjoying this show, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and share the show with a friend on social media. It's a free way to lend your support and it truly helps. Talk to you soon. Listeners like you have made this a top 3% global podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. I also love hearing listener feedback. So feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram at mmakesmoney. If you would like to explore hiring me as your money healer and business mentor, hit the link in the show notes or head to explore.emilywilcox.com. Until next time, I'm sending you all the magic money vibes on your joyous path to millions.